You can't go to a hotel or motel, at least on Cape Cod, and stay somewhere with your family and your friends in a large group. There's no hotels or motels that accommodate that. It brings industry to Cape Cod. We need it. There's not a lot of jobs here. It's all retail and service. So that's where the Cape makes its money is the summer. So banding short-term rentals isn't going to help us with our year-round housing. What's going on, everybody? This is the Passive Wealth Strategy Show, the show that will teach you how to build wealth with real estate without buying yourself another job. As always, I am your host, Taylor Lote, and today we are joined by Tia Lilly. Tia is a real estate professional with nearly two decades of experience specializing in all types of waterfront properties, specifically in her market of Cape Cod. Today, we're going to discuss owning a vacation rental. We're going to also talk about owning a second home, which a lot of her clients own second homes as investments and everything around managing a vacation rental property. Tia, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, Taylor. Happy to be here. Absolutely. Could you tell us a little bit more about your background and what you're up to these days? Yes, I would love to. So let me first talk a little bit about just mention. So Cape Cod is where I'm located. So it's very much a it's a resort destination for those that don't know. It's connected by two bridges. So we have our company property Cape Cod that our goal is basically we're dedicated to enriching people's lives one connection at a time. So when we talk about passive wealth, it comes in different shapes, forms and sizes, depending on the person. There's opportunities there for the Cape to own a home and just enjoy it with your family and let the appreciation work for you. We definitely, in the right locations on the Cape, you'll see appreciation. And we can get into that a little bit about locations key, absolutely key. Some like to use it and then they like to rent it out. And that's a great way to earn some passive income there. And just getting sometimes your foot in the door on the Cape is huge, like the equity that you'll return over time is tremendous. So that's where our focus is. So it just depends on the person. It starts there. And what are your goals? And what do you want to what do you want to do with this property? But I will say this, it's so much fun. You make money and and just enjoy it. Have family and friends and be around and have it working for you. It's not like the stock market. <laughs> so let's talk a bit and dig a bit into that decision of, okay, owning a second home and whether it's going to just purely be a second home and not rent it out or a second home that's also going to be a vacation rental that, hey, maybe my family and I will use this property a couple weeks out of a year as a vacation for us, but we'll also rent it out to cover the mortgage, maybe produce some cash flow. So for folks trying to make that decision of which route they're going to go, what do they usually think about in order to facilitate that decision? Great question. It all starts with sitting down with that particular person, asking them a lot of questions. So if they do want to use this home a couple of weeks a year, and then they want to rent it out, now we have to find that balance of what's going to return them the best 
best rate of return on their investment. How much are they going to be able to rent this for by the week? What are they looking to make? And now we need to balance that with the home, with the family, with what they like to do. What are they looking for in a home? Because they want to use this two or three weeks out of the year and enjoy it. So the key is like striking that balance because you can cut, and this happens quite a bit. They come in, they love fall in love with this home. They may love the home, but that location is just not going to get them that rate of return. And that's okay if they know that going in. But typically they say to me, no, we want the best rate of return that we can get. We want to rent, we want a property that we can really make money on. So it's really drilling down in, and the location is such a key with that. So in making that decision of whether it's going to be a, a rental that you rent out when you're not using it, maybe use it a couple of weeks out of the year, I would imagine deciding which weeks or months that I'm going to use the property out of the year versus rent it out is a key decision in the overall potential return because vacation markets have their high season when you're going to get the most rent and get the best return out of that versus the low season when it might be a better time to use the property for yourself without impacting your overall return. How do you approach that problem with folks and help them understand what parts of the year are maybe the best time for them to think about using it themselves if they want to use it as a vacation rental as well? Definitely the summer months. July and August on Cape Cod are the busiest months here. That's where you get the most money for your home is in July and August. September is beautiful. You can have weekends. So if a homeowner wants to use their home, maybe a couple weeks in the summer, like we look for us, we won't, we can't take on anybody that's not renting more than six weeks is the minimum. So they would be, and and a lot of them are fine with not coming in the summer. They come in the fall and reap the rewards of those July and August weeks. Our spring, you can make some money there too. Spring and, and fall's always fantastic here. Spring can be a little iffy, so it just depends. You usually get last minute on spring and fall. So you'll get more long weekends than weeks. So in the summertime, it's the weeks. Typically, it's rented by the week. They might take two weeks, three weeks, but it's priced out by week, if that makes sense. The big concern with vacation rentals for a lot of folks, is this place going to get torn up? Am I going to have huge repair and cleaning bills from college kids? Maybe they rent the place out and just rip (laughs) it up or whoever is going to tear up the property when I'm not there. have a lot of big headaches. Is it even worth dealing with those problems? What's your experience there? Does that happen frequently? And when and if it does, how do you handle it? Ah, uh, gosh, I wish there was wood to knock on, but we would knock on wood. We don't <laughs> run into those. We don't run into those problems. A lot of it is how you manage the property. The worst thing that happens is somebody breaks something by accident. That's really in they usually even tell us about it. But the rents are so high on the Cape that you're not getting the the college kids. We do vet them too. So they come in, they have to sign us very strict lease with us. It's really common sense, but it's a lease. We make we want to know how many people are staying there and we really really tr- avoid those situations. But I would say for the most part it's the rent. You're not the college kids aren't coming in spending 5, 10, 15,000 a week on a house. That cuts the <laughs> cuts down any of that happening. The rent and possibly, I would guess, also the market. I would not think about Cape Cod as a major party hub for younger groups of folks that want to get away from Boston or whatever, from some particular university and 
go party. It can be very much a party up here. <laughs> That's the other thing, depending where you want to be in that. But yeah, it's interesting because a lot of the a lot of our clients and anybody for that matter who purchases on the Cape, they remember the days of when they were in college and they would come here and get a house with a lot of people, have a blast party, and they have these good memories and they want that for themselves. But not they're older, not so much to party now, but they just remember. There's a, It just depends. There's something for everyone here. But believe me, it, it's very happening here in the summertime. And you can also be on a quiet side. So we have the Cape Cod is beautiful. You have, it's almost like, two separate sides. You have the historical 6A side that's quieter and quaint and more Cape Cod. You have this probably what the image of Cape Cod comes from. Then you have this 28 side and that's a lot happening on 28. You, not to say you don't have restaurants and so forth on 6A side, but it's very busy, very busy. All depends on what you want. It's all here though. So <laughs> with vacation rentals, there's often a big concern about recession and how much recessions, generally speaking, may or may not impact the demand for vacation rentals. What have you seen historically with recessions impacting the renter or tenant demand Mm -hmm. for vacation rentals? Yeah, that's an excellent question. And I'm actually really glad you brought that up because it's especially, let's just talk about COVID, just that we're coming out of COVID days. It's still there. It will always be there, but it's so we saw, and I think a lot of places in the country saw that they, there was just so it, it just went crazy. People were buying homes. They were buying to work remote. And then they all dived into the rental market, at least Cape Cod. So everybody jumped into the market. Last season was the first season you could move about the country, was easy to travel. So we saw a huge difference here in our rental market on the Cape. And that's why it's crucial. A lot of places weren't booked. It, they just People just didn't think about this when they bought a home. So now it's more important than ever to really, and it was important then too, it's always important to really focus if this is what you want to do, if you know that you want to buy and make income by renting it out, as a, at least here in the summer, I wouldn't advise in the winter, but in the summer months, then you really want to focus on the right location. And it's super important to work with somebody, whether it be someone from my team or somebody out here that really knows where you can get those the, get the best rate of return in the rents. Because we, we have people come to us, they bought, they, we didn't know them at the time, and it's a lot of times we don't take them on. It's just not, and we're going to see that more and more. They're just not in a desirable vacation spot. They're just in a nice home somewhere. So very important more than ever and, and any time really, but especially now. So we'll see, that's what will be interesting to see the aftermath of how that plays out over the next couple of years here. You mentioned so we're talking about vacation rentals. And anytime you talk yeah. about vacation rentals, there's the topic of the the 800-pound gorilla in the room is Airbnb, right? That being the big one and a lot of municipalities hating the short-term rental model, but also you're in a more vacation market. How have you seen Airbnb, VRBO, and these other online tech-enabled short-term rental platforms impacting the market and also just generally being perceived from a local regulatory standpoint. 
Wow. Okay. Our we started our rental division in uh, during COVID. Actually, it was a co- clients asked us. So we start off where every house is on Airbnb to get our client the most exposure. We we are on all the platforms for them. Interestingly enough, more people booked off our website this past year, which was nice. But it's very challenging working with them. But they do have a big presence. Once we have the relationship with the guests or they come in, they stay at one of our properties, want to come back, stay somewhere else, they can just book directly through us and save the fees. So there's just a lot of fees. They're really, they have, they own the internet presence and they do a good job with that. Got to give them credit. But they are getting fees everywhere. They're they're getting fees from guest booking. They get fees from the property owners. There's nothing wrong with that. They make they do a good job to get it out there. But there are uh, we do see a lot of flaws with it, and a lot of people paying a lot of extra money to incur these fees too that they would rather not. But it can be a challenge to work with the bigger companies for sure. Okay, but it sounds like from the regulatory side of things, since you're in a more vacation market that's been something of a vacation market for a longer time, you're probably, it sounds like from the context, you're not seeing a lot of like pushback from the municipality or the local community to try to ban stays under. Yes, there are groups here that are definitely want to see them banned or they want to see they're not fans of the short-term rentals. There's a lot of a uh, lot of talk going on around that right now. Different towns trying to segue, but here's my take on it at the end of the day. You can't go to a hotel or motel, at least on Cape Cod, and stay somewhere with your family and your friends and a large group. There's no hotels or motels that accommodate that. It brings industry to our to Cape Cod. We need it. That's where we are all, there's not a lot of jobs here. It's all retail and service. So that's where the Cape makes its money is the summer. So it's not, this is just me. This is just my opinion, but it's not a good idea to ever ban them because you do need that income stream. However, I do believe there should be some more regulatory regulations around it. I think with housing being, when I think we're all experiencing this around the country, from what I hear, read, and chat with others, that there is a shortage of year-round housing. So banding short-term rentals isn't going to help us with our year-round housing. That homeowner that owns that house on the beach for two, three, four million, five million and up, Dollars is not going to turn around and rent out for two thousand a month. To, they're not. It's not happening. They'll just sit vacant. That's not the the solution. It just depends. But I do think there should be guidelines. I I hope at some point to be more involved with trying to bring that about too. But we do need them. Yeah. So so yeah. So waterfront property, you specialize a lot in waterfront property. You just mentioned uh, beachfront, but there are other types of waterfront out there. And anytime you talk about water and a property, there's the possibility of flooding and the associated insurance costs that come along with that. So in the insurance vein, what have you seen happening in your area? Florida has been pretty significantly impacted over the last year to year and a half or so, if not a little bit longer as had to, as Texas, but have the insurance rates skyrocketed further north? 
It's all relative. I think it depends on where they're coming from because most people owning second homes here, they, they're not year-round residents. So a lot of them are us local will be like, oh, the taxes are so high. Other people come in and they're nothing. It depends. It's all relative. It really depends on where you are. I, I don't think home, I don't think the insurance is anything astronomical at all. I don't really know any better because I don't own anywhere else but on the Cape. But we are not as impacted as other areas. There are, I just did learn of one of our, one of our, there's a complex here in Yarmouth Port that's a very large complex that's very near a flood, flood area that they're having a hard time getting insurance. That was the first that I've really heard of anybody running into difficulties. There are, don't get me wrong, but we heart, like I have great insurance contacts, so it's never been an issue for my clients in our little world, but I am hearing. Yeah. Yeah. That's been one of the issues in Florida in particular. A lot of insurers have pulled out and that makes prices go up considerably. And some folks have trouble even getting insurance in the first place because there's so little competition. But I'm definitely not an insurance expert. I think it's part of uh, flooding and it's a lot of weather concerns. And my question related to uh, waterfront property is certainly related to flood potential. The issues with Florida, it's so complicated, I'm not even clear. Oh, on yeah. FEMA's redesigning but, maps. Yeah. 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 FEMA. There's, there's a lot to it. But anytime you mention waterfront, flood concerns, it becomes relevant and, and your rates can yeah, get pretty conservative. Definitely. So before we go to the three questions I ask every guest in the show, I just want to boil down the decision between second home, which is not used as a rental, it's just a place for folks to get away, versus vacation rental. And some key deciding factors, whether folks want to just make it a second home that they go to from time to time, but they don't rent out, versus a vacation rental that they rent out when they're not there. Somebody's making that decision. What are some points you would give them to consider? Think about where, think about the long term. Again, when you're going to make an investment into that, at least five years. So how do you see that? And preferably over five years. But I think it depends on the person and what their goal is, what their income is, it is better to use a home than to have it sit there. So if they are like, say they don't need the income, there's a lot of that. They just don't need it. They don't need somebody in their house, but they're not there a lot. We have a lot of that on Cape Cod. It's definitely better to you have the home used than not used at all, or just use very lightly. It's just hiring the right people looking into who can, because if you can make money and your house is protected and used and enjoyed and you don't need that money but it's better for the house find that right person that can take care of it for you and it's it as much as making money it's so important to protect your investment regardless of how much you have so it's very important to have the home so that it is in good condition it is appreciating that's like a key and that's what we actually look for in a homeowner we just don't want somebody that's just going to try to milk it and never put money back into it it is an investment you do have to take care of it. It's nice. a goose that Great. lays the golden eggs. You gotta gotta feed the goose. So <laughs> absolutely. Right now we're gonna take a quick break for our sponsor. All right, Tia, I've got three questions. I ask every guest on the show. Are you ready? Let's go. Yes, ready. Perfect. Number one, what is your number one book recommendation? 
My number one book recommendation, which has done wonders for me, and it actually got published. I just recently was published. I had the honor of being a part of having the honor of reading the the drafts at times through it, but The Autonomous Organization by Philip Rensgaard. Not only am I a, a realtor, but I also own the company and in the process of really building it into something wonderful. So he's been instrumental in that. But The Autonomous Organization. So it's like my Bible. Nice. Number two, who or what inspires you? My clients inspire me, the people we work with, my team. That's what I'm passionate about, really dedicated, like we mentioned, our cause to making enriching people's lives one connection at a time. That's what gets me up in the morning. I'm inspired to, to make a difference in this world, do something, make a difference in people's lives. So question number three, think about Mm -hmm. Tia at 80 years old. What advice would she give to Tia of today? The advice I would give, and it all just comes back to what we do with just even talking about the vacation homes is live life, enjoy it. It's great to to make make money and have the wealth, but you want to you want that balance. You want to have fun, and I think that's what I love so much about what we do is because you can do both, and and that's my most rewarding. That's where I get my inspiration is when I get to go to dinner with a client and I just hear how much they love their how not only how much they love their home, but how they get to spend time with family and friends and have memories they never would have had if they did not have this did not have this house. So that's what it's all about. It's like life is we don't know when our time's up. You got to have fun. You got to enjoy life, too. So that's what I would tell myself. <laughs> if I could go back and look more, more forward, finding that. Nice. Thank you for joining us today and sharing this knowledge. If folks want to reach out, where can they get in touch? It, probably the easiest way is go to propertycapecod.com, and I'm happy to answer any questions or schedule a call, even if it's not in our market. That's what we're here for. We're always happy to help if there's something I can do or answer any questions. We do have offerings for podcasts on there too, or whatever you need, but propertycapecod.com. Thank you once again for joining us today. To everybody out there, thank you for tuning in. If you're enjoying the show, please take a moment and leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe and catch us here every weekday. Right now, I hope you have a great rest of your day, and we'll talk to you on the next one.